Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Jones Zone at Keller Williams Realty. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anybody looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Rock Hill, Fort Mill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. All right, it's Chris. Brian is not here today. Uh, He had some stuff come up. So it's Chris holding down the Jones Zone. I do have a guest with me here today, Mr. Paul Davis. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good, good. Paul is of Paul Davis Solutions, ironically enough. He's a content marketing strategist. I'm creative. He's creative. (laughs) Uh, What he does is he helps businesses create and develop website content for marketing and stuff. He's uh, an avid blogger, and he does business coaching where he specializes in marketing development. So thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, How are you doing? having me. You're doing good? Pretty good. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. What'd you do over the weekend? Did you guys do anything interesting? Yeah, we had a Christmas celebration because we were moving over Christmas, so we didn't have one. Oh, okay. At our yeah. new home. Very cool. Did the kids like it or? They loved it. It was quite. So you fun. guys we did the tree and everything, like the whole the whole nine yards. We had a friend give us kind of a live evergreen tree. Oh, okay. Not quite a Christmas tree, but we convinced our son it was Charlie Brown tree, and it felt lonely. <laughs> so. He was cool with that. We put lights on it and did a few decorations, and then we got them just, we got them each a little backpack Yeah. that we're planning on using on some trips this summer so we can put a leash on it. And nice. You're going to be close. the parents with the, with the leash. And yeah. The, that's cool. But man. they didn't, they didn't take those backpacks off all day. And my daughter, first, th- first thing this morning, she woke up and said, can I have my backpack and go to school? <laughs> on Saturday? On Sunday? Monday. Or Monday? Monday. Today? Today. So... They loved it. Got a few books in those little backpacks, and very cool. So that was yeah. So what? Uh, well, just give us a little bit about your background story, how you got into what you're doing, and then explain what content marketing strategy is, man. What is all that? Well, background. Um, I got into this out of necessity. I needed a job that was stay at home. Both my kids had feeding issues when they were born. My son had something called Pierre Robin syndrome, where his bottom jaw grows slow and his tongue grows fast, which meant that he would choke if you left him on his back. Oh, man. And it took us... I never heard of that one. It's rare, and usually it requires surgery, but we were blessed, I guess you can say, with only basically the doctor, once he diagnosed it, he looked and said, if this was worse, I'd recommend surgery, but this is so mild that I just say he's going to grow out of it and sick by the time he's six months old. So she just looked at us and said, you know, you're going to have to monitor him and keep him on his back and keep his, or keep him on his belly, keep -hmm. his tongue clear. And feeding him is going to be a bit of a bear. So basically he required 24 hour care and I couldn't work. The job I had then was uh, doing sales, uh, digital media sales for Yellow Book. Oh, okay. And so they were going to have me traveling a lot of the time. And I just, I said, I can't do that with a sick child at home. And so that was then, and I started, I 
tried starting a publishing firm with a friend back in Idaho, where I'm from. That went well for a little while, and then we parted ways, and then... What kind of publishing firm? What, what does that mean? Well, she had a few books she wanted to publish. Um, that she had written herself? What? No. One was a book she'd helped a lady in our church write who had been... It's called Heather's Tears. Still available on Amazon. Um, and it's about a girl who was raised in the... In and out of foster care and... Kind of like... It's in the same vein of book as a boy called It. Yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of a difficult thing, but I helped them. I helped them get websites up and we did a Kickstarter campaign and and got it published. And then also helped start... She had her, her son wrote a little book called Deer and Frog that a few... That a lady who had an art studio, she had her students illustrated. So it was all kind of fun and local interest stuff and then I needed something that was a little more fast-paced um, growth and that was when I found a site called blogmutt.com. How do you spell that? B-L-O-G-M-U-T-T. Blogmutt.com. Okay. And their tagline used to be we work like a dog to fill up your blog <laughs> but they got a little they, they reached the couple million dollar a year mark and decided that wasn't professional enough. So really? They've got some other tagline but that still sticks with me. We work like a dog to fill up your blog. Very cool. And so, yeah, they they just wanted to be able to get businesses affordable. And I still, rec you know, if you just want to manage affordable blogging, that's kind of what I recommend. But it's still not, I was, it was paying the bills while I was living with my parents. Mm -hmm. Um and from that, though, from the experience, I've published over 630 blogs for small businesses on that platform alone. Um, so they hire you to do that, or how's it? They pay in PayPal or something? Or? It's, it's PayPal, and you sell. So if a business signs up, they pay $25 a blog Okay. Um, for their base package. And you get in, you get paid $8 to write that blog. And then Blogma, they have staff who format it a little bit and might add a picture if it's needed and stuff all included in that $25 fee. So they add their own value to it and they do all the marketing and all the billing and all of that. And you just, you write an $8 blog, you put it in a queue. So if someone ordered one a week and there's four ahead of you, then you know that you're going to be published. If, if the customer doesn't reject it or move yeah. it forward or down in the queue, you'll be published at the beginning of next month, which I would never write for those. If they had one a week and they had more than two in the queue, I'd move on because yeah. I needed payment. So that was how I got started. It was just generating a lot of content um, really fast. And it, a lot of it was really quality content, not all of it. Um, but in a lot of it, you know, the customers would get in and request edits. So that's one of the good things is you can analyze that and say, you didn't write this really well. And I'd go back and look at it and go, you know, you were right. <laughs> I didn't write that very well. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I did that. It was really late and I was tired and I just basically just stuck something together. Uh, I was, yeah. So that was how I started was blogmut.com. And then I had a few kind of private clients and I was also tutoring that was from different sites and kept that going part-time or full-time over three years. And then this summer I moved here to the Rock Hill area 
and we were we had a two still have a two bedroom house different one we had a two bedroom house that didn't have enough room for me to work out of my home so my wife kicked me out and <laughs> I had to come to the co-working spot and that was where I found quite a few more clients and have really started to branch out into the private content creation and strategy and that's when you ask what content strategy is um, it's really looking at a business who they are and who their ideal clients are and how they find them and so because that's what you have to ask every time you write a blog that's the first question you ask so I've done this 630 times for hundreds of clients where you sit down and say okay who's this client who are they writing to and where are they going to find them and all of that needs to be included in a blog in order for it to be optimized a lot of people talk about search engine optimization but with how advanced algorithms have become you actually need to optimize for your listener first and the search engine will follow and so I've done that a lot just practice makes perfect and so that's what I help people come down and sit down and say okay who's your market who's gonna be listening to you how can you provide value to them and now where can we find them and that's what I do so the first step really is to identify your perfect customer and then you break it down after that and you don't how do you know the difference between you said optimize your listeners that we said your audience yeah you know, as opposed to worrying about the SEO stuff because the algorithm changed well it's it, you still have to worry there's some technical things but a lot of the stuff um, adding in meta keywords I don't know if you know what those are but those mm -hmm. are the those are a tag that you can put at the in the head of a document that tells the search engine this is what this document is about but they became overused where someone would put a hundred keywords in this meta tag and it got so loud there was so much noise that Google just stopped really ranking for it mm. so it's kind of relevant still it tells other people you know people can look at your meta tags and go okay that's what it's about but this the algorithm doesn't place any more weight on that than it does on the actual content in your the content of your post in the body of the post and so they've changed that they change um they have the hummingbird algorithm i was reading a post by a guy named neil patel who i follow avidly because he's been doing seo he's one of those nerds who loved loved seo when it was all about the search engines but he's kept going into relationship marketing which is what it's all about now but he said that the hummingbird he analyzed like nine million data points and he said that this new what nine million yeah they he paid someone several thousand dollars for their software package to analyze all of these other things oh, okay so they have he has like three different software programs he uses to go analyze these sites and say how are they ranking on Google and how are they backlinked that's a big question on SEO because page rank used to all be about if you have a link from whitehouse.gov that's going to be a really powerful link because it's the White House as opposed to if you have a link from the writersq.com my site which is my third site that I've had in five years that's not going to be as valuable because Google looks at that and goes okay this this guy's still figure, figuring out his niche well and it's the White House 
Yeah. Same thing, though, if you have CNN or um, MSNBC. So if you have a news organization, if you have Harvard linking to you, that's going to be ranked big. And that used to be a lot of what you did with SEO was you tried to find those links. And they'd do, they'd do tricky things where you'd go buy a domain like ushistory.com that used to be a website that had all of these links from Harvard and, and government and education things. They'd buy that and then they'd just redirect it to mypokergame.com. <laughs> all right, all right. You're, you're, you're getting too deep. Hold on. You're getting too deep. Okay. A little too nerdy. All of that to say you don't really need to know that. <laughs> right. Forget exactly. it all. Forget what I said. So what do you do? Companies hire you basically to, to manage their blog and create their website, right? Basically. Okay. And then so you if a company is to put the con to manage the content on the website. Okay. I'm not if you want a really good graphic design, I will probably recommend someone else to you. Gotcha. What's what that means like logos and all that sort of stuff? Logos, if you want to spend eight hours deciding what shade of blue works for your brand, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look at you and say, I can't see them. Please find someone who can. <laughs> Are you colorblind too? I'm colored. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> not, not my specialty. When people hear I do websites, they're like, oh yeah, you can design. Well... I can mess around with it, but if you really want it designed, there are people who specialize in that. I specialize in what you're going to put on it okay. that people are going to listen to. So local business owners, or I guess now nowadays they don't have to be local, but any business owner looking to expand their brand, looking to add content to their website and the marketing, they can call you and you guys, what do you, you start with an initial consultation about what they're trying to accomplish and who their audience is, or is that kind of step one? Yeah. Um, step one, yeah, is an initial consultation. It's what do, what do they need, first off? Because a lot of people, I mean, I have, I just started a new new writing contract with Secure Ideas, and they just need content because they're busy, they're programmers. They can write a lot of their more in-depth stuff, but they need someone to fill out the higher level, what is security? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, this takes too much time, none of our guys can do it, so they're outsourcing that to me. How does blogging help a business? Well, blogging helps a business. First off, it gives you a tool to build relationships. Um, second off, you keep ownership of that content. If you put something on Facebook, Facebook owns it. You can take it off, but they control who sees it, they control whether it shows up in news feeds, they sell you advertising to try to get more hits, but that's all under their control. When you put something on your blog, you get to choose if it's going to go out on Facebook this day or that day, if it's going to be reposted, if you're going to. So that's your blog is on your site that you own. So you have ownership. It helps you build relationships. There's a reason if someone comes to a website that has five pages that haven't changed in three years, are they going to come back? Probably not. Probably not. So the blog gives you a reason, and people call it news, they call it updates. I was looking at florists, national florists who do really well online. They'll, they'll have these, like, their thing was go behind, the, get a behind the scenes look at how we create beautiful art. Meaning the flowers? Meaning the flowers. Yeah. So suddenly, Rather than it being about, hey, call us up and order a bouquet, it's, hey, 
follow us. Keep track of us. Figure out, this isn't just about a $20 bouquet of roses. This isn't just about being cheap, in other words. This is about <laughs> being, providing something of, of value to the point where when someone gets on orders of floral arrangement from this company, they're not buying a floral arrangement. They're buying a year's worth of relationships with them. Or they're like, of course I'm going to buy them. I've been following them on Instagram. I've been reading their blog. So do you, is it a, uh, is it a contract or is it a per blog? If someone says, you know, I want to give Paul Davis Solutions a chance to kind of grow my business do, after the initial consultation, do they, is it, do they sign up for like a package deal or how does that work? Um, so after the initial consultation, we, we figure out, and I do a lot of, I'm working on some standardized pricing now, but a lot of it is really going to be custom pricing of, and that's, could it, do you need a contract? Do you just need a couple blogs to throw, you know, do you need one or two blogs a month that you want to throw on your website just to give yourself some fresh content? We don't need a contract for that. How often do people blog? I mean, what's the... How often should people blog, do you think? Um, once a week is kind of the, the base level for really generating traffic. How long does that take to kick in? Like, I mean, imagine you have to be consistent with it and do it once a week for how long? As long as you want people to pay attention to you. But I mean, once a week, how long does it take to gain traction though? Like, I mean, you can't post one blog and be like, all right, all right, here we go. Or yeah. can you? I mean, I don't know. Well, it depends because as soon as you post a blog, the question is, how are you going to promote it? Mm -hmm. um, is it just, are you going to pay for advertisements to drive to your blog? Are you going to have, are you going to integrate it with a landing page uh, with a click through funnel where people are going to a landing page that's linked to several blogs as well? and you're driving them through and giving them an opt-in offer where they give you their email address. So that's the question is, how are you building the relationship? It's not about just the content. If all you're gonna do is post a piece of content on your blog every week, you'll never gain, gain traction. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're still focused on the technical aspect of your website. You're not focused on, there's people out there who want to know me, want to know my business. And I've got a, you know, if you, if you call someone up once a week, well, the call is very personal, very engaged, so that would actually build a relationship. But if you called someone once... They got an answer. First. Yeah, they got an answer, and you've got to contact them more than once every 10 years. Otherwise, it's going to be like, hey, uh, how's it going? So you're married and have two kids. Yeah, okay. Good chat. <laughs> Lots changed <laughs> since high school. Yeah. Um, how do you... How do you integrate social media with what you do like Facebook and Instagram and all that aggressively <laughs> um, you need to be if, if you're posting once a week you need to be sharing on Facebook once a day at least sharing what that same piece of content not that same and that's why you that's part of what's going to take time to get traction at first you might start with sharing other people's content because you still have to build a relationship with people on your page on Facebook. Um, but you eventually want to have a lot of your own content that you can cycle through. Where, you know, if you have, if you've done once a week, you, by the end of a year, you've got 52 blogs. Mm -hmm. 
which means you can cycle through all 52 of your blogs plus some of your pages once a day and it'll take you two months to go through all of them so people won't feel like you're spamming them with hey hey did you hear this did you hear this so if you give them so that's like on, on Facebook Twitter you're gonna have to post more um, okay why is, why is that just because Twitter is currently and they've talked about changing that but they're currently the only one who doesn't really use an algorithm to filter out your newsfeed which means you have seconds to get in front of people's eyes before you're gone it's like two seconds. How does Facebook's algorithms, how does that work, man? Like, how, well, how do Because only like... No one knows. 30% of... If you post something, only like 30% of people see it or something? If you're lucky. Is it less than that? Yeah. I I heard somewhere that it was in the... Last I heard it was like in the ten, single digits. Oh, jeez. Percentages. So I got 600 friends. If I post something, I'm lucky if 50 of them see it. Something like that. Well... It, and you're you could read I've spent so hours reading on it yeah. so it's kind of no one really knows I'm serious yeah Facebook changes it and they keep it secret and all that but basically they they want you to engage with your friends because that's what gets people to the site but you aren't supposed to do business on your personal page I mean you can share your business page but you aren't supposed to actually do business from your personal page and so on a business page, on a Facebook personal page, yeah, it's probably in the 30%. But on like the Jones Zone Facebook page, when you post that, the only people, if, if it only is done organically, if no one's sharing it, it's only going to show up on 6% of the however many people like the Jones Zone page. Yeah. And so then should I share the Jones Zone page on with my personal page? Well... One thing, yeah, that's a really good thing to do. And it's also, it's again, that relationship building. So you've probably noticed, because I've been doing that blogging challenge the last month and I've ended up tagging you a few times Mm -hmm. where when I find a piece of content that's relevant to someone or I create one in this case, because I'm blogging every day, then I'll tag them. I'll share it on. So I put it on my Facebook page because I want to get people to go there. But then my personal page will share it to, and I'll be like, Hey, Chris, Hey, Brittany. This is relevant to you guys. Yeah. Check it out. And so that's one way to kind of circumvent some of the algorithms. And it's still focused because if all you're doing is trying to circumvent the algorithms, Facebook will come after you. What do you mean come after you? You can be blocked for doing too much business from your personal page. Are you serious? Yeah. What do they constitute as business? Because like, like I can consider networking and and sharing and goofing off as part of my lead generation so to speak I guess right yeah that's that's not it's when you were talking about like actually selling stuff selling actually selling stuff when you're when your blog posts are written as personal updates which I would never recommend if your blog posts are written as if if I'm gonna write a status update that said hey guys check out eight reasons why I think you should be blogging and then I tag all of my friends in it because I could actually do that. That's gonna that's gonna set trip some filters pretty quick because the content reads like a search engine question. Number one. Number two, it's the length of a full blog post. 
And number three, I'm spamming people by tagging everyone I know, not just selectively being like, hey, guy, hey, you and you and you. I thought this was relevant to you today. It's, hey, everybody. That yeah. will trip a filter and they'll come in and say, okay, you're doing business. You need to, and they'll, they'll, they'll downgrade your account as far as you won't get seen by people. If, they, if you really keep up at it, they'll block you. Boy, those Facebook people are twisted. They're, they're good at what they do. I mean, there's a reason they're... And they want you to more than boost ads and posts and stuff. Is that That's all part of their master plan and stuff? Their master plan is to get you to build a page and to buy your posts. That is how they are worth what they are. And then you have a lot more res- better results if you, instead of boosting a post, do it as an ad, right? Yeah. In the ads manager and all that, create ads. The best thing is to do an ad to get your remarketing cookie where you can follow people through off of Facebook through your click funnel and figure out where they're going and who they are and try and retarget them with other advertisements. When you have the budget for it, that is the best way to manage your content, your sharing, your... When you say the budget, what are you talking... Are you talking hundreds or thousands or... Like for someone... Like a local business owner, like a small business owner, like me or Brittany or somebody like that. Do we need to create, like how much should we spend on Facebook and all that? Or what's the ROI? Because the, the, that's a different yeah, question. There's a, there's a big question with that. And the, going back to relationships, the question is, how big is your target market? Let's look at like Loom Coworking. Her target market is really focused, more so even than a real real estate agent. Because, you know, if it's a good house, you'll travel a bit mm-hmm. to sell it but or to get your buyer to it. But um, with Loom, we're stuck. This is very location-centered, and it's very – the culture is very much about Fort Mill. It's not about Charlotte. You know, Rock Hill kind of comes too, but it's very much focused here in uh, North York County. So for her, her advertising budget, if she were to do ads, could be very, very small. She could get everyone she needs with, you know, $5 a day. But that's still, it's, you've got to be ready. And when I say budget, it's not just advertising. It's your ad, your, your, not just the money for your ads. It's the time and it's the technology in place behind the scenes. Because if you're just paying people to like your page... All you're doing is you're taking money out of your pocket and putting it in Facebooks. You've got to pay for clicks. And then you've got to track those clicks. You've got to engage the people who click. You know, if someone's going to click on your ad, you want to get at least like a 30% response rate on the form they're landing on. Which is, I need your name and email address so I can put you into a drip campaign. Yeah. And that's the download our brochure on 10 things you should know before buying a house. I think that was the one you guys had going a little while. So, you know... Yeah, something like that, yeah. When you're paying for that, you want to track and say, okay, how many people see it? How many of them click? And then when they click, how many of those clicks are turning into an email address in my pocket? Because as soon as that happens, you've given Facebook money for the ad and they've given you something in exchange, a lead. But until you get that email address given to them, given to you by their free will, you're not pushing, you're not being aggressive about selling them. You're just saying, hey, if you want this, give me your email address. And people say, yeah, I'm looking at a house. That's valuable to me. 
let's talk about your workshop, man. Um, it's this Thursday, the 9th. Yeah. At Loom, 120 Academy Street. What are you guys going to be? In the, and it's called, why do, you, why do You Need to Blog, right? Why aren't you blogging? Why aren't you blogging? And so the whole workshop is designed to kind of get business owners thinking about blogging and creating content, right? Um, well, it's going to be... I'm going to have it's going to be very full let's put it that way um, in terms of the amount of people there or in terms of in terms of the amount of content yeah. I'm a content creator yeah, you're yeah. going to get a lot of content <laughs> if you come to this and so is it's it not, two hours or one it's just one oh, okay and I can do but a lot you'll probably end up hanging around and talking uh, yeah sure. I'll, I'll be there to, to hang out and answer questions as long as people have them um, but what I'm going to really do is it's not giving an overview it's actually I'm going to give you the tools to do it yourself that's it I'm going to show you you know sites like blogma where you can go get cheap blogs if you you know if you say I want a topic on this I want to teach my customer this well you don't always have to write it yourself and you can do it for fairly affordable mm -hmm. with one-time fees or a monthly thing there's a lot of different options so I'll have a list of those of tools that you can use We'll go a little bit into different content management systems, which is um, the one everyone knows is WordPress. Mm -hmm. But that's not always the best for a business, depending on what you need. Um, and we'll go through, so tools, we'll go through really getting in just a lot of information on saying, this is what a content marketing strategy looks like. These are the places you can do it. This is how you find your target market. And here's a lot more resources if you want to teach yourself how to do this on your own. Very cool. All right, so Thursday, March 9th, uh, this week from 12 to 1 at Loom, which is 120 Academy Street. Uh, they can also find you at thewritersq.com. Mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook, it's Paul Davis Solutions, right? Yeah. There is a page for the Writers Q, but I've stopped using it, so don't like it. Um, you also have an international group on Facebook. Let's talk about that. That's pretty cool, man. It's called Entrepreneurs, hashtag PR Hacks, hashtag content, hashtag blogging. So what's that group all about? Um, that group is really about giving, building for me to be able to build relationships with potential clients and to provide value. It's free. So I'm providing value in exchange for people coming into the group, really. And so it's a place for people to practice. Um, today I just had a post where I asked where people can put up on every Monday. We're going to do um, if you can practice your email marketing text. So when you say, I want to write, I've got a press release that I want to send to the Charlotte Observer. I think that's the right now, newspaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this not the Charlotte Times? Is it? What is it? <laughs> uh, to a Charlotte newspaper, they want to send it there, and you want someone to look over it, but you don't, you know, you don't want to pay a copywriter necessarily. So you can come to the group, and we'll all work together to look over each other's pitches, because that's where for a small mark, for a small business owner, your email is your ninety is your elevator pitch. You know, you're never in an elevator with biz, with your target market. Yeah. Because most of the buildings in Fort Mill are under three stories. Oh, Hello! <laughs> so, you're going to email them. And so, I want to give people an opportunity. And so, that's what we'll do on Monday. And we'll have similar events throughout the week where people can get on and collaborate together on marketing their business. Did you study Dan Kennedy at all? 
Are you into him? Or Russell Bronson or any of those guys? The names sound familiar. Dan Kennedy was like, uh, I think he wrote the Ultimate Sales Letter. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Russell Bronson is the Click Funnels dude. Yeah. Who does all that. So, um, very cool, man. Well, a lot of good stuff. Uh, come out to the the workshop Thursday. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, writersq.com. I'll put the website in the show notes. Um, Paul Davis, man. Thanks for coming, man. That's a lot of stuff. So, it's uh, and we got into it pretty good, or pretty early. I was like, jeez. Yeah. So, uh, I'm very a, cool. A dive right in. If you're a business owner, you're looking to uh, grow your business with blogs and content and marketing. Paul is your guy. So we'll we'll uh, catch you next time. Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate Thanks for having it. me. Thanks, bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.